Hello and welcome back to the RevOps show. Off of a message Doug wrote on LinkedIn, today's episode is all about solution architects. Many people are confusing solution architects with a technical architect. And the biggest thing is that when you combine the two, that's when you get fire. So what does it take to become as fire as a solution architect? Doug and Jess discuss right here on the RevOps show. Jess. Doug. I feel like the universe is back in place. Because we're back on a Friday afternoon? Friday afternoon. Friday afternoon when we, when we are at our best. I don't know if that is an accurate description, at our best on a Friday afternoon. At our we're, podcast we're something. best. At our podcast. We are at our podcast. We are at a podcast best. I was going to say we're something on a Friday afternoon. Everything else <laughs> is, it's, uh, it's not working. Nope. See, it's this new box setup. It's got things kind of, kind of funky-ish. How, who are you without your soundboard? Is, I know, is I know. It's like, I, I, I can't, I'm not sure that I'm going to be able to get through this, Jess. I'm not. You can't properly annoy me. Oh, I, you know, Jess, you forgot where, where there's a will. There is a way. All right. That's the key. That's the key. All righty. So, um, Jess, you're going back to Dallas, aren't you? Aren't you going to Dallas this weekend? I I am going to the Big D tonight. Going tonight? tonight. Yeah. Yeah. We'll you driving or you flying? Later, super early. We're driving. We're driving. It's too expensive to fly with the tiny humans that I have. Yeah. So we'll get in late or early, depending on how you look at it. Um and and get to see uh, get to see our our number one fan, my mom. Two weeks. I'll tell around. you what, and I think I think you know based on some research, I think we we've got the number one uh, Rev Ops podcast on uh, Spotify. I I saw that. Hey hey, just you're just so you know, in our split screen in our new setup, you're you're kind of cutting half your I head off at an angle. I know I, I can't, you can't see. see it. I'm working screen. on it. You'll see. <laughs> well, we're, we're, we're trying I'll out new stuff. Side. Yes, you know we're never done. Never done. Never done. All right, so what are we talking about today, Jess? I want to talk about a hot take that you had. I want to talk I about, want to talk about it. It's always about you, message. Jess. It's always about you. I didn't pick this topic. You picked this topic. So this one is not about me. She's about you. Um, right. So do you do you want to read the the post or how do you want to how do you want to start this? I can do that, Jess. You're, you're, you, okay. Hey, I'm here. I follow your instructions, just like at work. It's just like a normal part of our okay, day. Was, I have no authority. That was me softly trying to ask you to read it. Um, can you read the? Can you read it? Please? Oh, you were trying to make me feel. <laughs> you were trying to make me feel like yes. I had tried. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So the other day, I posted on LinkedIn, um, and I think this was after I saw, you know, one 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 of the hot job titles that I'm seeing um, people recruiting for, especially in the HubSpot partner ecosystem, is the. Uh, is a HubSpot solutions expert, HubSpot solutions architect, and uh, someone from HubSpot in the partner world comment on there. I'm, you know, it's so great seeing so many partners adding solution architects to their mix. Um, and, you know, HubSpot has a whole cadre of quote unquote solution architects. So yep. I post it. I mean, no offense to anyone. I have great respect for the talent, skills, and expertise of many quote, solution architects, unquote. That said, if the focus of your expertise is on the technologies or configuration of the product, the role is not solution architect. 
Rather, it's a technical or product architect role. A solutions architect centers their focus and primary expertise on designing the underlying, or I should say understanding, designing, configuring the underlying business processes that should be driving any configuration, meaning any technology or product configuration. And then just for a little bit of effect, I added at the end, combine a solution architect with a technical architect, and you've got fire. Fire emoji. Fire emoji. You got fire emoji. You are cooking with so, gas, baby. So are you saying that the business process must drive the technology, not the other way around? I've heard that somewhere. Um, you know, so the business process must drive the technology, but that's mm -hmm. not what I'm saying. Well, so, so what I'm actually saying here, like, like the main thing I'm trying to get across here is that mm -hmm. um, technology is not a solution. And, and then further, if you put, if you put um, here, by the way, here's the sound effect I've been trying to get. That's where we there usually we are for everything else on Friday, right? Yeah, exactly. That's, that describes Friday pretty well. <laughs> right. Um, anyways, back. So we, we, we are, um, you know, wel welcome to attention deficit Friday. Am I right? ADF. So, so what are you trying to say, Doug? <laughs> yeah. How about that? Back, 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 back to that. Yeah, so what, what I'm saying is that, is that um, te technology is not a solution. And then once you put a brand in front of something, it's even further away from a solution, right? So a solution by definition is agnostic. What do you mean by that? A solution by definition? It's not, it's not brand. So, you know, HubSpot is not a, HubSpot is not a solution. I see. Okay. I gotcha. I got um, Salesforce is not a solution. Right? They, 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 that's not what they, that's not what they tell me. <laughs> um, I, I have theories as, as, as to why they get called solutions. I mean, some of it is marketing. Um, right. Some of it is, you know, the move towards solution selling, which was the idea of, you know, help people understand the solution, which, which by the way, is, is, you know, used to be new, is now old and, 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 and is, um, you know, is pretty commoditizing. Um, but, but, you know, if, if you think about, you know, solution is really built around the idea of jobs to be done. Mm-hmm. And, and so what, you know, what I mean by, what I mean by agnostic is a solution is objective, right? There, there is, there is no, um, you know, there, 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 there is no way of doing that. And so part of the problem, you know, I mean, I'm going to get, I'm going to get a little bit where, where I'm going to say something and in my head, I'm going to be disagreeing a little bit with, with what I'm saying. I may share where, where, where this is wrong slightly, but for purposes of, of, getting this across, you know, part of the problem is I'm, you know, I work for tech company A, someone needs to, you know, the, the, the product becomes more and more complicated. Somebody needs to understand how it's going to fit within a customer or potential customers, existing technology, how the product needs to be configured. You know, in a lot of ways, what used to be called the sales engineer has become the solution architect. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so, so a one thing on that is the sales engineer was a sales role. It was a technical acumen, but it was still, it was still a sales role, which, which meant, you know, your job was to win business. Now your job is not to win business. That's not, that's not a good fit, but, but you're not approaching it from a, um, a you know, if I'm with, if, if I'm an architect for company A, mm -hmm. I'm approaching it from the standpoint of making this work for company A. I'm not approaching it from the standpoint of what is the solution.
Right. What if I'm not gotcha. the best choice? What if this doesn't gotcha. work? Right. And and, right. and and what also happens is, you know, your job is to be a master of that product. Your job is to have deep, deep. I mean, I'm not going to say it's not an architect role. It, it, it is an architect role, but it's a technical architect to a product architect. It's somewhere in there. A solution architect, you have to go beyond product because or, and you have to go beyond technology. By the way, let, let's go outside of business process must drive technology. Let's say that there's somebody out there that actually disagrees with that statement. Now, mm -hmm. I've not met anybody that disagrees with that statement. Um, right. Specifically, like like outwardly. I, I regularly meet people who behave in disagreement with that because the technology right. drives things all the time. But, but again, the solution goes beyond the technology, right? The solution goes into what are the underlying motions that are, that are used, what's happening. And, and, and here's the question. And, and you know, to some degree, we might say that this podcast today, this episode, is mm -hmm. a particularly self-serving episode, right? Because we're going to get into why I think Imagine is unique. We, you know, I, I was telling, um, I was telling one of my friends at HubSpot, one of my solution architect friends at HubSpot, and yes, technical architect friends at HubSpot, title solutions architect. Though I was telling him, um, you know, because something came up. Um, and I said, hey, man, I'm sorry, I had to take that when I was on a joint call with them. I said, I had to take that one because it's my favorite unique selling proposition um, about HubSpot, which is HubSpot's the only single database alternative um, mm -hmm. for mid-market. So, yep. so this is this is my favorite unique selling proposition about, about um, Imagine. I, I think we have pretty good grasp on, on technical components, though I will say right now, unequivocally, I wouldn't put us in the best category. Uh, let alone no. the very best, though. Though I think our application of of it is is the best, and that's because we come from it from a deep, deep, deep and broad understanding of the underlying motions. So we're able to pick up without anyone having to say anything. What what a variation you know you you, you have a lot of different sales archetypes, underlying sales models, underlying sales motions. We talked a little bit about that in a previous episode. The words that are used to describe them, if you don't understand those motions, you won't pick up that, that it means one thing in this context, it means something else in another context. You'll just have the, you know, the average definition, if you will, of, of, of what that is, which will lead to um, which, which, which will lead to a lot of things going wrong and, 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 you know, a lot of misunderstanding, a lot of people. And this is why I think so much of tech implementation is so difficult is it sounds like everybody understands each other because they're using the same words, but, but they don't have the same meaning. Yeah. And one of the yeah. things that we do extraordinarily well it, at the moment, but especially in, um, you know, when it, when it comes to implementation and those things come up is we're able to lead the effort. I mean, sometimes it, it makes people feel like, you know, Hey, why are you making this difficult? But the reality is let's address the difficulty up front let's not talk past each other. And, and, and so, you know, for, for a, so to be a solution architect, do you know what, you know, you know, bleh, do you know what you need to know better than anybody else? Business. Um, let, let, let's just say, let's just be generic, but I, you know, okay. yes, you need to know the problem. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. And that's one thing interesting. I think everybody wants to, and we've talked, we've talked, about this on, on a couple of episodes, everybody wants to jump to the solve and not fully understand the problem. So do you need to know the problem better or do you need to know how to get to the problem better? That might be the same thing. <laughs> well, 
so, so I think I think you can put it into three categories. Maybe it's time for me to update one of the very first articles I wrote at Imagine. Mm-hmm. I asked the question: Are you a prescription drug? You know, are you an are you an over the counter drug? Mm-hmm. Are you a prescription drug? Are you surgery, for lack of a better? Yeah. Term? You know the the the. Do you know what the you know what the major at least theoretical difference between a prescription drug and a non-prescription drug. Do, do you know what the, what the difference is supposed to be? Now, I, someone out there will, will not incorrectly say profit because unquestionably well, I, I drug companies make say. more money from, from, um, all, although realize I can profit. be a non-prescription, I can be a prescription drug and also be generic, but, but I do understand that yeah. it, it's not always implemented this way, but, but from the purpose of why there's a category called prescription and why there's a category called non-prescription. I, 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 I mean, a doctor has to prescribe a prescription. Why does a doctor have to prescribe? Because it's for, because they, they, they have to diagnose what the problem is that you, that you need that drug for. Like it, it has to be diagnosed. I don't know. <laughs> because, because a theoretically objective organization of experts has determined that if this is used improperly, Oh, okay. Bad things can happen. Really bad things can happen. And and by the way, one of the things that that you realize when you start looking at drug therapy is that underdosing can be every bit as dangerous as overdosing. So if I'm undertaking, right? And and so, you know, what is the negative consequence? When you open up someone's body to perform surgery, you know, there's a diagnostic process. And so when we talk about problems you know, the reality is there's varying levels of problems. I think not only are most people, do people want to jump to the solution, but what they really want to do is they want to solve the symptom. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Right? I want, I want my pain to go away. Right. So, and, and you know what, that, that, that's what they tend to do is they tend to try to address the pain, not the problem. Right. Right. And so if you're going to address the problem, you know, the next question is what's the level of complexity, right? And, and, and so if you're dealing with something with degrees of complexity, you know, Mm-hmm. Small degrees of complexity you can take out over the counter, right? Yeah. You know sure. what? I'm not feeling well tonight. I want to try to get a good, you know what? I'm going to take some NyQuil. If I took some NyQuil tonight and I didn't need it, what's the worst deal. thing that can happen? If I took some NyQuil and I turns out I needed something more, okay, but but I'm going to have plenty of time to be able, right? So that's why NyQuil, that's why I don't need a prescription for, for, right. for NyQuil. Um, but, but you're going to, and by the way, I had para, I had a parathyroidectomy. But you're gonna cut open my throat, go in, take out my parathyroid, which right, which is right next to my vocal cord. Well, you better know what the heck's going on. And by the way, do you know why I had para, a parathyroidectomy? No, this is news to me. <laughs> um, because I had kidney stones. Oh. So, oh. and it took it took a whole long time before someone found out. But I had abnormally high levels of calcium in my blood. One of the things parathyroids do is they regulate your calcium. And it turned out when I had an MRI of my neck done, what little neck I have. Um, my, I had one parathyroid that was like 10 times the size it was supposed to be. Oh, wow. Right. And, and, and so the problem with that was, it was sucking calcium from my body, putting it through my bloodstream. And had I not gotten stuff done, A, there's bad shit that can happen if you have too much calcium in your blood. But the other thing is it starts taking calcium from your bones, which can lead to all kinds of other problems. And that's why I had, by the way, I had, it ended up being three different doctors involved. Because yeah. it took three different specialties. It was the urologist to an ear, nose, and throat to an ear, nose, and throat surgeon. Yeah. Right. Um, and not the thing you would have expected. Right. And 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 so from- and so testing was done, X-rays were done, things were understood, 
taking people who understand the human body with options, et cetera, that is solutions architecture, right? If when, when we're talking about technology or candidly, if we're talking, we could be talking about sales process, right? And what I would tell you is the business process needs to drive the sales process. The sales process should never drive the business process. Now, yes, if it's done correctly, sales process is a business process. I actually had a, um, I had an interesting um, conversation with my favorite Twitter buddy. You know who my favorite Twitter buddy is, don't you? No. Who's your favorite Twitter Pete. buddy? Oh, Pete. Oh, yeah. I did know that. Okay, Pete. Yeah. Right. Um, and I think, well, I mean, heck, it's public. You, you can see it on Twitter. So I don't think Pete Pluto will have any problem with me sharing this. But he, he said, how does your marketing agency go about creating strategy with or for clients? Trying to design a survey on this. So would love to hear the answer to this question. I replied to him in this context, what is your definition of strategy? Mm -hmm. He replied, good question. What would you say it is? So I shared with him a link to our blog on strategy kills. Yeah. Right. And, and you know, which, which basically comes down to the three elements of a good strategy, a strong diagnosis that clearly defines the challenge. And, and by the way, this is something that I really, really, really want to emphasize. If you're talking about solution, let alone talking about something like solution architecture, it is mm -hmm. a diagnostic process. Yeah. Right. And, and a diagnostic process takes the first piece of information as a means to get to the next piece. It's not, it, it's digging in, it's testing, it's understanding, trying to get to what is the underlying cause. So a strong diagnosis that clearly defines the challenge, a guiding policy that like guardrails on a highway directs and constrains action in certain directions without defining exactly what should be done. And a set of coherent actions that dictate how the guiding policy will be carried out. The action should be coherent, meaning the use of resources, policies, and maneuvers that are undertaken should be coordinated and support each other, right? And there's more to the, to the blog post than that. And then, you know, Pete replied, that is a lot broader and higher level than I am talking. I don't think most agencies get parens or make close parens the opportunity to sit down with a client or prospect and define the company strategy. So I guess I mean more of the marketing and sales strategy. Now, okay. I replied to him and I've had time to think about it since then. I think the real problem is that what they're doing isn't strategy. It's maybe a plan. I think the biggest strategic right. problem facing most organizations is how often and badly they misuse the word strategy. Yeah, we, um, we, we talk about this and, internally. And then I added, and if, and if marketing sales strategy isn't an extension of the broader strategy, it won't stick. To which he replied, fair. Um, or fair point. Now, I thought about that. And I don't think, I mean, I'm sure that there are some agencies, some, I mean, there are certainly consultants that, that, that go to the level and probably some that even go to a little bit of a higher level on, on the strategy side than we do. But, but, but given, you know, the space that we play, I, I think there are very few people that, that, that are directly comparable to us that get to, to how deep or, or how much we, we touch true strategy, right? I don't, I think we're, it's one of the places that we excel and, and, and we focus in. But then as I thought about it, we don't really touch corporate strategy. We, no, we, we don't. We, we only touch marketing sales success strategy. We're not, we're not getting into. Well, so I, I think, I think that's a good point. I think it goes back to what you said about, about you're talking about a plan. So I, I think when, when, when you, when you talk strategy, the go-to is often the, the thought is often, okay, well, you must be talking about corporate strategy overall, holistic. And, and, and I, I, I think because there, it gets thrown around so much, the default is, okay, 
well, if it's marketing strategy, it's strategy, it's more of a marketing plan. Cause we, we are, we are kind of mapping out business process overall. And I don't think that's what people think about when they think about strategy. I think they think about, like you said, a, a marketing plan with these are the activities that we're doing. They go to the solve. So, so marketing is, strategy think, gets thrown, thrown around think, and it's not. I, I don't think so. I actually disagree with you. I, I, I think for most people, when you say strategy, they don't think anything. Mm -hmm. they, don't, they don't have any picture. Okay, well, fair. You, you, but you know, you know what strategy is for most people. But what, what they're trying to say when they say strategy, being strategic. No, I'm kidding. Important. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Because right, it's strategy tactic, right? Well, I don't want to be tactical, right? Why don't Why don't I want to be tactical? Well, because well, I heard bad things bad, about tactical and strategy. Good. <laughs> well, why do Why do outside vendors want to be want to provide strategy? Because clients will hire them for that. <laughs> That's a piece of it. There's a bigger reason, though. You charge more. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Yeah, sure. Right. That's why we're putting our strategist, our, our just out of, you know, our, our three-year experience strategist on this, right? Our, our, our strategist who doesn't understand what the difference between a P&L and a balance sheet is. And, and so what is strategy at the end? At the end of the day, what is strategy? It, it's the guiding policy where choices are made. And, and to provide that guiding policy, choices are made. That's why the blog post is called Strategy Kills. Yeah. A choices and decisions, decisions kill alternatives. They give you the framework to be able to manage trade-offs and make decisions. And really, if you think about what we do, and I've thought about this some more as well, I don't think an outside provider can bring strategy. No, no. Right. Strategy can only come from within because if I come in and I say, here's the strategy, and I could give you the greatest strategy in the world which a there's no such thing as the greatest strategy in the world because that that treats strategy like it's a that, that, that there's an end state strategy is a fluid ongoing process right but if i brought that to you it it wouldn't work because because it didn't come from you you wouldn't you would not be able to abide by the the thought process that led to the strategy the decisions that were made that created the strategy so that you act in accordance with those choices. Yeah. Right. Strategy can't be thrust on you. You have to be an active participant in it. It has to be ongoing. And if you think about what we do, and we work really hard to do this, um, because you may not have noticed this, Jess, but I'm, I can be opinionated sometimes. No, no. I can, I can even be stuck. I don't agree. I don't agree with either of those statements. And, and this will shock you. I'm not always right. Okay. Yeah. Somep I'm, sometimes, I'm aware. People, I'm aware. sometimes people think that they should do things, and I think that's a stupid idea. And it turns out it was a good idea. Yeah, right. I've seen it happen. Um, <laughs> and what? So, so like, there, I work really hard to make sure that I and we don't make the decision for the client. What we do, how we contribute to strategy, is we basically like we try to lead and facilitate them to articulate and document the choice so there's something for everyone to begin to refer and and immerse themselves in to provide that guiding policy and and the organizations that take that and 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 make it a part of their MO generate far far better results and and you know far better byproducts far better intangible impacts like we work on, we work with two companies on, on our messaging strategy, which gets to a point of view message, right? Right. One, one company takes it and goes, okay, that's our message. And they apply it 
you know. Right. Right. One takes the thought process of it and, and therefore lives it more. The, the second one has, has far more impact. So, sure. so being able to understand what is that broader strategy, I mean, so what, what, is that, what is the broader context is what's crucial to be able to understand the problem, to diagnose what is the real problem. Because realize you've got, you've got multiple types of problems. There is, the, there is the direct acute problem that needs to be addressed that let's say the new CRM is needed for. Yep. There's the problem of, okay, how is the new CRM going to get A, adopted and B, utilized? And if it's not both, then you really haven't solved the problem that needed that, you know, for which you needed the CRM, right? And, and, and realize those are two different problems. Yep. Right. And then you have the third problem, which is the, the ongoing elements, environments, et cetera, that, that exist between wherever that company is and them achieving the results that they want to achieve. So again, I can get, I can have the right CRM. If I don't have adoption or utilization, then right. I'm not getting the payoff. I can have the right sure. CRM with adoption and utilization and still not get yeah. the, the juice for the squeeze. You've got to understand those three things, how they integrate, what, what the outside element is, how right, all those different pieces are going on. That's what solution architecture is of which one and I would say today, very important piece. So I am not, mm-hmm. I am not diminishing the value or even the impact of technical architecture. What I'm saying is that the problem is we're running out there and we're calling it solution architecture. We're calling things solutions mm-hmm. and the solutions aren't defined. Right. right. And so we're not taking into account what is the total cost? What is the real resource pull to make that happen? Well, and so one thing, because I, I view these as, as you know, two, two roles and we kind of have our lanes where we work. I look at it as this, the way that, that these two would work together is you have the solution architect who lays out, who lays out the problem, helps, helps highlight the path. And then you've got your technical architect who comes in and maybe starts talking about the constraints on, on some of those things that you want to do. They, they're, they're familiar with the, the technology or the tool that's being used and they're able to kind of lay out, okay, we can do this this way. We can't do this this way. We need to figure out another like so they can share best practices. They can share capabilities and they work in collaboration with the solution architect to, to, to find the right path once the problem has been clearly stated. But I think that's a totally different expertise than 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 what you just talked about with defining the problem. Well, it, it, it's, it is a to- it is a it is a very different expertise. Um, I, I'm not saying that you can't have both. Mm-hmm. I think it's hard to have both. Take somebody like me, Jess, to have both. Um, I don't think you can play that 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 both those roles in the same situation. I think that's hard. I think that's a hard balance because how do you how so do you I, how I, do you? Okay, so so there's there's a place where now you start going in. So I think you've taken it beyond the architecture step to the implementation mm-hmm. step. Okay, maybe maybe right. Um, and 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 that's where if if you're overly involved in this part of it and then you start to you know implement it you start to build out your you you're tied into a perspective you're not going to see different things um i get really nervous I, I i just i just so don't like the term best practices for a bunch of different reasons um not, so so i think that i i i think that that in the, that in the architecture stage mm-hmm. 
the like the solution architect, the business process problem and those those elements outside. By the way, if you take a look at how the best companies, if you take a look at the best practice. Come, come there we on. go. That, there that we go, everybody. Um, <laughs> here we go. Um, if you take a look at the if you take a look at at how the best companies procure high impact technology. Mm -hmm. They they do a business process audit and and diagnostic process first to define the problem, define the requirements of whatever is mm -hmm. going to be used to solve the problem, right? And 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 by the way, if you go if you go into larger companies, there are literally large consulting organizations that charge big big dollars that all they do is define okay, what are the requirements? Right. right? There there has to be a definition up front of that. You know, we get involved a lot of times it it's half, you know, things are halfway in. You know, and we start unwinding it, and, and, and we want to figure out those things, um, and, and we help to figure out those things. But, but I do think it, you know, done the right way, the solution part of it leads the element. But, but then it is a give and take, um, be, because it's not like the technical architect is not there to say we can't do this, it can't do this. It the technical architect is there to say what what the difficulty would be in configuring the technology in a way to make that happen, and that back and forth. You know, and I mean, th think about how, I mean, the whole reason that we do what we do was because we got sick and tired of people telling us that, well, you could, couldn't get it to do that. And we said, well, why not? Well, what if you did it like this? Well, what if you did it like right. this? Or what if you did it like this? Right, right. And then and then we started figuring out, well, actually, if we clarified the business process, this part of the implementation would, would, would actually be, um, you know, would actually be easier. But, but the, you know, the, the moment that you don't understand what solution is, and I know some people are going to probably listen to this and it, you know, it's going to be semantical, et cetera. Right. But, but it's not right. And, and, and the worst thing is, you know, when I was a financial advisor, I, I used to tell my clients, I said, here's the problem with investing. Fundamentally investing is all about predicting the future. Right. And we're humans are really, really, really bad Horrible. at predicting the future. And, and yeah. by the way, AI algorithms, they ain't all that much better. They're really good for a period of time. But right. anyone who wants to tell me that technology is great at predicting the future, explain to me the, the 2009 financial crisis and explain to me long-term capital. That was like the problem with data is data only tells you what was and data optimizes for what was. Right. Data doesn't, data cannot predict a shift. Data can't predict chaos. Now, it can predict chaos in, in like there's there's earthquake prediction, predictive models, et cetera, et cetera, that, that have gotten better and better at predicting likelihoods of earthquake and over a period of years, maybe even how many earthquakes will happen. But they are no good at predicting where the earthquake is going to occur. Right. Like, why, why do why do institutional investors invest in in multiple homes in multiple situations? Well, we're really good at, at, at predicting how many people will default. We're really bad at predicting who will default. So if we don't have those large numbers working on our on our behalf, right? So the individual person comes in and says, oh, no, no, I'm investing with an institution. They've got great track record. And I, right. I literally used to have to have this conversation, right? But you're only investing in one of their projects. Right. Right. So if that one project goes bad, they're okay. You're broke. Right. <laughs> right. And and, and so like th those are, 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 are the types of things that happen. And so you've got to, you know, so 
someone would say, well, okay, well, what do we do then? I said, well, no, there's no problem that we don't know what's going to happen in the future. It, we just have to account for that in whatever decision-making process and whatever strategy process, which led to how we analyzed investments, yeah. what review cycle we went on them and so forth. So it's, it's when right. we're creating certainty where certainty doesn't exist, that's where problems get big. Um, all right. I want to switch gears a little bit. Um, so why do you think that this solution architect role ends up getting categorized as that, but it's more of a technology or configuration focus? Like why, why do you think that that, that this role gets thrown around in a place where it's really more of a technology or a product architect? Well, I said technical, which technical, is, sorry. You know, which is why for real? I mean, you want, you want my yeah. blunt answer? Yeah. Um, Let's do it. Marketing. It's Friday afternoon. Sales and marketing. Sales and is that is that because they want to draw candidates in, or is it because they want it to have this well, who's, who's kind that? of more prestige, the organization that that has the solution well, architect role? Well, you know, so so, so you're, you're 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 a tech company and you're running out there and you're saying our solution, our solution. I mean, you're calling your technology a solution. Technology mm -hmm. a technology is not a solution. It's a uh, enabler and accelerator of a solution. And B, your technology is further not a solution. It's a it's an alternative. It's a it's an option of a solution. It's a way to solve. Mm -hmm. It's a way to, to to manage the solution. But so since you're running around calling it a solution, and by the way, you're the prospect, we're talking to you. Do you want our technical architect to be involved in the call or would you like our solutions architect to be involved in the call? Yeah, solutions architect, of right. course. And, and look, yeah. again, I want to emphasize, you know, if, if we had had this conversation two and a half years ago, I probably would have said things that I would have, that I would today regret saying, because I've gotten to know some very, very good solution architects. And I've right. gotten to know some solution architects that have even come to understand and understand a good bit about the underlying business process, right? Mm -hmm. The difficulty is, A, that's not where they begin. That's not where their mindset begins. And, and by the way, sure. if you were to put them into a different situation, that might change where their, you know, might change wh where, where that mindset begins. So, but but if you take a look at at how the vast majority of this role in tech companies, where it begins... I mean, A, they don't even get involved until the sale's at a certain point anyways. And we're right. not talking about apps. But but the other thing is, and you know, I'm, you know, the other day I was on I was on a um a co-selling call and the customer, the, the person at, at at the customer company asked a question. And the company, you know, the rep and the solution architect that were answering it were were answering it along the lines of, I mean, basically along the lines of the definition of how the technology company Define that. And I actually came mm -hmm. on and said, um, gave a quick re-answer to the person said, okay, thanks, got it. That's what I was asking. And, and, and the point right. was, I knew because of what this, because of the underlying sales model and what they did and all that, that, that yes, those words, those words that he was asking typically meant what, what they were replying to, but he was actually asking a different question. So, so again, that's the, um, that is the answer. I will share with you, I, I will agree with you that while you know, you can have that expertise. Um, and, and I think I do a pretty good job of being a technical architect, of mm -hmm. architecting, right? But I'm always a solutions architect first, right? And and so yep. what, so, so what, so, so the difficulty is I will always prioritize the, the, the underlying business process over the tech and that might cause me to bypass something, right? And, and so where we would get it, you know, where the best does come is one person is thinking about it from, from that technical standpoint. Because by the way, the other thing that happens too is if I'm doing both, 
I might be thinking about the technology and going, okay, wait, that's not like that strikes well, me as hard. So it doesn't give me necessarily the freedom to go out to look at, you know, and, and so bringing that out. But what I don't think it is to something that you had said earlier, it came across to me as kind of a linear place where the solution architect defines the problem, the technical architect figures out how um, they do oh. collaborative, but, but, you know, but it's first and second, it is, it is reinforcing each other. But sorry, going back to your question of why do we call it that it's marketing. Um, mm -hmm. And then, and then if you take a look at where it's now um, pervading organizations is they're, I mean, they're, they're copying the, the, you know, the company model. Hey, they're calling it that look at that. And, and doesn't it sound right. good? But by, by the way, you know, we're solution architect or, or if we call ourselves, we we're looking for an ABC solutions X, right. That makes us feel really good. Right. And right. I don't, and I, I know, I mean, I, I'm being very condescending in that statement. I'm being, and I'm purposefully condescending. I understand why. Yeah. Right. And, 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 and it's natural. Right. But it, again, it's not, I, I think that we're doing ourselves and our customers disservices because by the way, if I'm putting that out there as a solution without defining what that is, I'm building false expectations. Yep. Right. Yep. And, and, and so, and, and I'm not saying building false expectations is bad because you shouldn't build false expectations, though that is true. I'm saying that building false expectations is bad because it creates a very bad experience for both buyer and seller. It leads to all kinds of problems. It leads to all kinds of operational issues. Um, and, and, and what it does more often than not, Jess, is it leads people to under allocate towards what is, what is needed. And, and so we try to do too much with too little. Yep. And, you know, the fear is, well, gee, if I don't promise that, if I don't solve the whole thing, then they're not going to, they're not going to do something. It's like, well, well, no, we, we can define complete. Right. Let, let, let's define complete in a way where, where, where the juice is worth the squeeze and, and, and we can get there. But let's let's understand. And by the way, in, in 98 percent of cases, you're not going to be able to solve everything in one step anyways. As a matter of fact, you're probably never going to be able to solve everything. I've never found a company that solved everything. So uh, I want to circle back to you talked a lot about like what the solution architect's role is and what do they do? What, what's the technical architect's role? Like what if we've got a solution architect and a technical expert. architect? So, so what, what is their, what is their role? What is their lane? What do they, what does that mean? You know, the, the, depending upon the, the conditions with where it's um, set, they're, they're responsible, you know, can this be done? Um, would, 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 if, would this approach be doable? What, mm -hmm. what would go wrong? What else do we need to consider with regards to the technology? You know, if we do this, what else do we need to consider? The, the, they, they may even, you know, depending, again, depending upon the role, they may be responsible for the actual configuration of, like how because it requires a level of expertise. Yeah. I mean, you know, products, especially tech products are really complicated and, and, yep. and there's, you know, there, there, there's, there's an awful lot of change. You know, I, I mean, I might even challenge the question of, can you actually be in, you know, with some of the, our core tech products out there, can one person actually be the product expert? Um, I think you begin to get into, you've got, you know, you've got your GPs, you've got your general practitioners, right? They understand right. the product overall. They understand, you know, but like, hey, you know what? I'm going to bring in our um, email architecture. No, we, I mean, we, we, we do it all the time. And actually, that's the place I think where we really started to unlock something when we started to pay attention. Like, so on, on emails, I, I am not by any stretch the email expert 
on on the team so if i start getting a like i get questions all the time from clients of how do i know if this email is successful or how should i do this email campaign or as an example i'm not the one to answer those questions i go collaborate with somebody on the team who is that who is that level of expertise and that that happens frequently in regards to hubspot where we're constantly asking each other questions because right. not everybody knows the tool perfectly like and in the medical world you know what happens when when that type of specialization goes on um to you know and starts moving to its extreme do you know what happens you know, a specialist. What? But what happens as the specialist goes further and further, the specialist prescribes something to you unaware of other things that are going on oh, that yeah. causes really, really bad things to happen, which is why over the last 30 years in medicine, one of the, you know, key elements is someone being responsible for, for, for the holistic approach, the idea of, and so here again, yeah. the solution architect's job is to understand the whole, right? To understand the plot, because all of a sudden, you know, so we go to email and if you go to email and you talk to the email specialist, it is an email problem. Yep. But, but it's not an email problem. Yeah, true. Right. And, and, and yep. you know what, that sounds really semantical, but it changes everything that gets thought of after that. And then that's why, you know, why, why is everyone working so much harder? Why is there, I mean, again, I look at the tech, I mean, Jess, I think back to my days when I was, you know, in sales, my job was sales. And I go, oh my, I mean, I was excited that I had act for DOS and then act for Windows. And I could actually look up what I talked to somebody about on a previous call. Yeah. In my car. Yeah. Call, right. I'm not, I, to me, that was amazeballs. Um, did you just say amazeballs? I did. I did. I did. Wow. I knew that would make you happy. Right. I, I you know, to me, that was amazing. Right. Now I'm looking at, you know, now, now I can cause my email to go out three days from now when, right. But, but has there, and, and you know, how, how many, how many pieces, how many proclamations with new technology have we seen that this is game, this is a game changer. Oh yeah, I know. And here's Everything's what I want to know. Changer. Here's what I want to know. Why, why are so many people still playing the game, the, the exact same game after they've gotten a game changer? a great question because we're not solving the real problem yeah and the reason we're not solving the real problem is that we're not even we're not even identifying the space where that real problem is well that and that's so hard i mean that's no it's that's, not no it's not it's actually not hard it is no it's not it might be hard to define it but it's not hard to, to define that it's there what does that mean? It's hard to define it, but not the business hard to process like, must no, drive the technology. Hard. The technology should never drive the business process. You say that you've seen, you've seen me say that to a hundred people. I have probably what do they accurate. All do? What do they all do? Oh my God. Oh yeah. 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 No, that's, that's, yeah, that's exactly absolutely. how we think here. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly how we think here. Yeah. So, <laughs> so where's the business process? They don't have one <laughs> or they have one, but. Right. But okay. But, but yeah. where, right. Right. Um, right. We ran into, we actually ran into this and we run into it frequently when we're doing our, what we call our deep dives early on, which is trying to get them out of like thinking about, like, don't think about what the technology can do. Just tell us, tell us what you're wanting to do. Tell us what the issues are. And then they always, they always want to go back to, to the tech. It's the, and that's where I say it's hard. It's it, that's hard. It's hard to put that aside. Why is it? Oh, oh I mean, yes, but you know what? My problem isn't with them. Okay. Right. Because, and, and I used to, I don't, I don't even know if it's okay to say this as a joke anymore, given 
the, op the opioid crisis. But when I used to talk about the analogy of my, are you over the counter drug prescription drug? Right. You know, sure. when I go to see the doctor and I say, doctor, I have this problem. And if he goes, oh, like, does the doctor say, oh, so what's wrong with you? Now, you know, the doctor says that, but they say that and they, okay, that's a symptom. Okay. I'm right. Like, they right. They don't go, okay. So what do you think you need? Cause I used to say this and I wasn't lying when I said this, the only time it's not as true anymore. I've gotten a little wiser to, to realize that going to a doctor to maintain health has some value. I'm still trying to figure out exactly what it is. But like I, the only reason I was at a doctor was because something hurt. Yeah, because you need it. So, you want medicine, yeah. And so when the doctor said, well, what, what do you need? I'd say, well, Doc, I'll take Percocet. Thanks. Yeah. Now, the reason I say it's not, I don't know if that's appropriate is because that's kind of what we kind of saw. That's what happened. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Sure. So so I don't expect you. You're, you're, you're not. Yes, the human impulse is to solve is is to solve the symptom. And 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 by the way, the symptom. Look, no, the only the, the the problem is the the email notification isn't getting to the right person, right? Yeah. I mean, for for ten actually for more than that for twenty years, I took Advil because my back hurt. Yeah. And then the the um, ruptured disc ruptured bigger, and five days later, I had emergency back surgery. Right. Right. Because no one no no one and you know who I blame on that? My doctors. I they knew I had back pain. Oh yeah 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 yeah. No problem. Yeah, some, sometimes they're. No one said, hey, that, you know, there, there could be a bigger issue. Hey, go right. get this checked out. Yeah. And, and, and so my problem is, is that the people who know are, are, are running and I, and I, you know, are, are, are calling this out, are feeding the beast. Why are they feeding the beast? Well, they're right. feeding the beast for, 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 for short term reasons. I think in the long term, the company that the, the tech company that builds a true solution architecture, a true solution, business process solution design, that's where all the, that's where all the real demand for their product comes from. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, so, so I, so, so yes, it, I mean, I, I get, I, I, I get what you're saying, but I think the main reason that it's quote unquote hard is a conditioning. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, and B, you know, it's the downsides why marketers don't get, aren't allowed to have good things is because we, you know, again, what, it, you know, we started, we, we talked a lot about strategy today. Why is strategy so misunderstood? Yeah. Well, because people take me more, it, I think, I think, um, what's her name? I'm going blank on her name. Uh, the one who used to do, well, still does the, you know, did the voice, like the Trump's actual voice. And she would just mouth what he was saying. The comedian said, um, Oh, I, I don't know who that is. Oh God, I'm going blank on her name. Sorry. But anyway, so she, she has a calendar basically, you know, how to sound important. Oh, okay. Well, I think, you I know, know who that is. um, I, you know, I think, I think we need to, you know, uh, you know, I think we need to take a strategic viewpoint on this. Oh wait, look at that. Yeah. Someone, you know, buzzword bingo. <laughs> All right. Uh, I have a couple of Sarah Cooper. Takeaways. There. Okay. I don't know who that is. Yes, you do. I'll probably know her first year. Now she I lip sync. She lip. You know, when she, the first one she did was the 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 bleach drink bleach, and she lip sync. Oh, Trump's. I know who this is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I know who this is. Okay. That girl from that thing. <laughs> exactly. Um. All right, so a couple key takeaways. Uh, making sure that you get to the real problem and the solution architect role is really to define what is what is the real problem we're solving for, jobs to be done. And then um, I really liked what you said about the key element um, of understanding the, the issues as a whole and not just addressing the symptoms. And that's the other place that's, that's key to where the solution architect uh, comes in. Yep, yep. And I thought this was good. And I, I agree that when you combine a solution architect with a technical architect, you've got emoji fire. Yeah, fire emoji. Yeah, fire, fire emoji. emoji. Congratulations. <laughs>
<laughs> All right, Jeff. I remember to right, record, I remember to record this one. Woo! Thank God. All right, all right, all right. Until next time, folks. And that's a wrap on this episode of The RevOps Show. Again, I cannot emphasize it enough. Solutions architect plus technical architect equals fire emoji. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to go subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, leave us a review, and share the episode. If you have any questions you would like to ask Doug or Jess about Solutions Architect or anything else RevOps related, email me at hannah at imaginellc.com or hit us up on Twitter at Demand Creator. Until next time, remember, you can't solve your upstream problems downstream.